Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 12, What Bobby Brought Home Part 3 There's a roof over there, said Phyllis, pointing down the line. That's the signal box, said Peter, and you know you're not allowed to speak to signalmen on duty. It's wrong. I'm not near so afraid of doing wrong as I was of going into that tunnel, said Phyllis. Come on. And she started to run along the line, so Peter ran too. It was very hot in the sunshine, and both children were hot and breathless by the time they stopped and bending their heads back to look up at the open windows of the signal box, shouted, Hi! as loud as their breathless state allowed. But no one answered. The signal box stood quiet as an empty nursery, and the handrail of its steps was hot to the hands of the children as they climbed softly up. They peeped in at the open door. The signalman was sitting on a chair, tilted back against the wall. His head leaned sideways, and his mouth was open. He was fast asleep. My hat! cried Peter. Wake up! and he cried it in a terrible voice, for he knew that if a signalman sleeps on duty, he risks losing his situation, let alone all the other dreadful risks to trains which expect him to tell them when it is safe for them to go their ways. The signalman never moved. Then Peter sprang to him and shook him, and slowly, yawning and stretching, the man awoke. But the moment he was awake, he leapt to his feet, put his hands to his head like a mad maniac, as Phyllis said afterwards, and shouted, Oh, my heavens! What's o'clock? Twelve-thirteen, said Peter, and indeed it was by the white-faced, round-faced clock on the wall of the signal box. The man looked at the clock, sprang to the levers and wrenched them this way and that. An electric bell tingled, the wires and cranks creaked, and the man threw himself into a chair. He was very pale, and the sweat stood on his forehead like large dewdrops on a white cabbage, as Phyllis remarked later. He was trembling, too. The children could see his big hairy hands shake from side to side, with quite extra-sized trembles, to use the subsequent words of Peter. He drew long breaths. Then suddenly he cried, Thank God! Thank God you come in when you did! Oh, thank God! And his shoulders began to heave, and his face grew red again, and he hid it in those large hairy hands of his. Oh, don't cry! Don't! said Phyllis. It's all right now and she patted him on one big broad shoulder while Peter conscientiously thumped the other. But the signalman seemed quite broken down, and the children had to pat him and thump him for quite a long time before he found his handkerchief, a red one with mauve and white horseshoes on it, and mopped his face and spoke. During this patting and thumping interval, a train thundered by. I'm downright ashamed that I am, were the words of the big signalman when he had stopped crying, sniveling like a kid. Then suddenly he seemed to get cross. And what was you doing up there anyway? He said. You know it ain't allowed. Yes, said Phyllis. We knew it was wrong. But I wasn't afraid of doing wrong, and so it turned out right. You aren't sorry we came. Lord love you, if you hadn't to come. He stopped and then went on. It's a disgrace so it is sleeping on duty. If it was to come to be known, even as it is when no arms come of it. It won't come to be known, said Peter. We aren't sneaks. All the same, you oughtn't to sleep on duty. It's dangerous. Tell me something I don't know, said the man. Well, I can't help it. I knowed well enough just how it'd be, but I couldn't get off. They couldn't get no one to take on my duty. I tell you, I ain't had ten minutes sleep this last five days. My little chap's ill, 
pneumonia, the doctor says. And there's no one but me and his little sister to do for him. That's what it is. The girl must have her sleep. Dangerous? Yes, I believe you. Now go on and split on me if you like. Of course we won't, said Peter indignantly. But Phyllis ignored the whole of the signalman's speech except the first six words. You asked us, she said, to tell you something you don't know. Well, I will. There's a boy in the tunnel over there with a red jersey and his leg broken. What did he want to go in the bloomin' tunnel for, then? said the man. Don't you be cross, said Phyllis kindly. We haven't done anything wrong except coming and waking you up, and that was right as it happens. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.